0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 105 of the F1 show for a 2011 postseason wrap-up intro. I'm Robin Warner and I am Jim Blau. I would say it's more
1: of an extravaganza than anything Ah, else. It's
0: an intro to an extravaganza. The reason why I say intro is that I feel like there's more wrap-up to do based on some Excel spreadsheets I've shown you and things like that.
1: Yes, there's actually quite a bit to talk about, though. News since the last show, really, since the Definitely. season finale. Absolutely. Um, the One of the biggest things for uh, F1 in the U.S. is, of course, uh, last time you heard from us, there was a lot of speculation and controversy over the future of F1 in 2012 in Texas. And there you were know, contract disputes and whatnot, and the construction had stopped, and there was you know, confusion about what was, what was going to happen. But we are pleased to report that the race is back on the schedule. Yes. Um, it's officially on there. Apparently, they came to an, an agreement with the circuit owners and promoters and Bernie Ecclestone. And uh,
0: pen and paper met. Yes. Money was exchanged or promised to be exchanged or whatever they needed. And uh, we're all set now. Someone signed over their firstborn and all
1: that. Yes. And yeah, it was good. I mean, we were hopeful before, which we, we always said. I think people were like, why aren't you more angry about this? And I don't know. You know, it's just, I guess, as much as we are influential people in the F1 media <laughs> sphere. Um, yes. It's sort of, you know, it's, it's either going to happen or it's not. And it looked like it was, you know, figured, you know, it's one of these deals. You know, Bernie Ecclestone has this way where you can't really take anything he says at face value because he's got this way of, of you know, he, what he says personally to the media is is just like some little negotiation tactic in one direction or another. You know, right. Oh, we don't need Ferrari. It really just means oh, we're just gonna, you know we're renegotiating this thing. We want to you know let these other teams know that this is happening. Or it's, it's always this sort of you know mind games or media games. So when he says oh yeah well you know whatever F one you know they don't don't have any money and they don't have a pen for, to sign their contract. It's like all right you know probably something's going to happen there. Um, the main concern is uh, is that if. Uh, you know the, the Texas government or whoever was was involved that was you know holding things up, you know didn't see the value of F1, thinking oh I don't know what this random motorsport is. Does anyone ever watch that? And, and you know, but um, obviously it's a bigger deal, and, and people I think mostly outside of the U.S. really understand uh, the economic impacts and all that. So it's just that no, okay, they they weren't short-sighted about it. They said yes, we do want to have a race, and we have a race. So. Um, we are back on for that. That is good. And, uh, and then, of course, things are still, as far as we know, moving ahead for 2013 for New York slash New Jersey uh, to have our second Grand Prix then. Um, there was an article out saying that uh, Bernie Ecclestone doesn't think America will embrace F1 or doesn't, I guess, what he said was, you know, doesn't think it'll be big in the U.S., um, and that's a little hard to gauge because uh, obviously it's not the, the c- level of media coverage is so different here from a place like England or France or Spain or, uh, you know, a lot of the other, a lot of the rest of the world, Australia. Um, but um, there are, I mean, you know, more places than maybe you'd think, you know, and, and you and I work in, you know, the automotive industry, so yeah. we are probably skew a little more towards gearheads and so on. But, uh, you know, there are people out there that are just, you know, right now at least aware of it and. Uh, and, and, you know, of kind of, you know, who the drivers are and, oh, yeah, Sebastian Vettel, he's winning all this stuff this year and, and so on. And I think having local races and, and, the you know, even our Speed Channel coverage when they had U.S. races was expanded coverage. They had more, more live stuff, more coverage. Of they the were actually and, at the track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I think that'll all go go toward it as well. So yes, it'll be cool to have more races on our time zone. Whether that's Mexico, Argentina is being talked about again now. Um, obviously Canada and Brazil, and then the two in the U.S. in a couple of years.
0: We're like the new Middle East in yeah. this. It's like we're the hot place to be all of a sudden. Well, uh, which is great for us. I mean, we're certainly not complaining. But and I to your point, I think I think the Texas race has potential to be very strong, and I think the New Jersey race has a lot of potential of capturing a lot of people's imaginations. The The hard part that we have in the States, I feel like, is they try to dumb down our coverage to try to entice people that don't know a lot about Formula One, but I feel like they go the wrong way. I feel like they frustrate people by how stupid it is, and if they brought in a little bit more BBC-like coverage to kind of get more of that in-depth look into the sport, I think you'd grab more people, not less – but that's that, I mean that's my yeah take I mean on it. you
1: know watching a football game they don't they don't explain the rules of football every time right you know and so even if and even if they're
0: kicking g- on a fourth down because if they fail to get the first down of this so they're going to have to give up the ball and field position they like they don't say that it's like well there's only one ball here but there's two teams <laughs> two sets of guys that want control of that and and no, so it's
1: like even though I don't know all the details of the of the rules of the sport of football like I'll figure it out as it goes along right. and if they teach me about it then that's more engaging than just You know, this is what it means when he says he's gonna kick the ball. Uh, So, you know, and obviously it's a it's a different kind of setup with motorsport. But it's like it's not like we don't get
0: motorsports here in the U.S. You know, (laughs) there's there's tons of road racing fans. Um, There's there's tons of Formula One fans. There's just a lot of everything here in the states. It's a big country. I guess that's that's what we're trying to get at. But anyway, it's back on. We're super excited about it. We definitely plan on being there and uh, And, enjoying the penultimate round of the of the. 2012 season
1: and i hope uh that bernie's wrong i hope that you know they end up with you know u.s fans do embrace it and you know bring their money to the uh to the tracks and support the economies and you know all these sort of things that texas is banking on yeah that we sort of as fans you know prove them right that yes f1 was a good idea and uh and and you know become part of that whole thing so you know yeah we have all you know plans to you know, spend money in Austin when, uh, when we go there for the race and we'll buy hot dogs and we'll buy barbecue and we'll get hotel rooms and
0: absolutely all that kind of stuff to absolutely. Uh,
1: make good on, uh, on what was promised about that. Uh The other big news and shifts around have been in the, in the driver market. Uh, and, and you know, that at the end of the season, there were only a couple of deals that had been made uh, as of Brazil, but there've well, been lots of changes since then.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were two that it was the silly season really just didn't happen this time, you know? Um, It was the top five teams pretty much had confirmed... Well, top four teams' lineup was already confirmed. Um, You know, Nico Rosberg came in before the end of the season. It's like, yes, I am saying it. Mercedes. like, okay, whatever. Didn't really know where he would have gone otherwise. And and that was pretty much settled. And nothing really happened during the silly season. But then afterwards, it kind of exploded on us. And there were definitely a few surprises.
1: Yeah, so in order of... um uh, of team placement, I guess. You know, team. Con- championship. Constructor, yep. Yeah, constructor championship. Um, as you mentioned, the top four Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari, and Mercedes are all, uh, you know, as they were. And now Lotus F1, formerly Renault, but it's some places called Lotus Renault, some places called just Lotus F1, whatever. Um, Lotus team, I guess, as they're the only Lotuses now. Um, dude, Kimi Raikkonen. I know. I mean, it's so sort of old news now because so I was, stoked it, was a, it was announced a while ago, but, you know, we haven't talked about it on the show. The Iceman. It sounds a lot less cool when you say but it that okay. way. My name but, is yeah, dude, Kimi Räikkönen is, is back. But okay. And uh, and in true, like, Renault preseason, um, you know, potential for disaster mode, he even already has had a crash on a, on a snowmobile. <laughs> no that's And that it's was like so funny. For, for Lotus.
0: No, it's like, he's okay. No, it's okay. He's okay. And it was like it was his right hand that was injured or something. Like, maybe it was his left, but it was – it was something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's because the whole thing with Lotus, Renault, is uh, you know, that they had their lead driver in Robert Kubica and then had their secondary driver and they were working their way up and blah, blah, blah. But then when they lost Kubica, uh, as we talked about, it really just lost this direction, this really drive, and you know, the, the car actually could have really good results every once in a while, and that just meant that they were languishing. And then, okay, we're going to have Kimi Räikkönen. He's going to be our main guy. And it's like, oh, no,
0: he's going to get injured. Oh, right, this right. is going to be terrible. But, I mean, it's very interesting, right? So Kimi's got a two-year contract with the team. And uh, now we got the news recently that Romain Grosjean is going to get the second seat. Yeah. And for those, uh, you know, most everyone that listens to our show know he was had half a season in the Renault at the end of 2009. And he looks like a lion when he's not wearing a helmet. <laughs> he's fixed that, among many other things. He was GP2 championship this past GP2 champion this past year. I read a little bit more about. it. Apparently, he was in a a, in a team that was not a championship-winning team previously. So he really did, we work hard to not just uh, become GP2 championship champion. Well, I don't know why I keep adding the ship to that. But build up a team that was struggling a little bit and help its teammate as well. See, he's looking less he lion-like looks, now. Yeah,
1: he's got almost like a Jensen Button kind of hairdo going there. Yeah. That, that's much better because he looked a little ridiculous. But before.
0: And I have to say, I, I genuinely think between the serious choices that we were looking at, Petrov, Senna, Romaine. I, I I think Romaine's the right choice myself. I I I think Senna has showed promise, but he hasn't been consistently brilliant. And I think Petrov is still fairly inconsistent. I I think, I think this is actually, I'm going to say this is a good move.
1: Yeah, for Renault, for yeah. Renault, Lotus, Lotus Renault, Them. Yeah, because uh, and the Petro the Petrov thing is interesting because of course you know a couple weeks ago he had that what some people called an outburst in the media, in yeah. the Russian media. I read the transcript of all that, and it really wasn't an outburst. It was just sort of like, you know, the team makes these decisions, and I thought it was going to go like this, and it went like that, and they really want this guy, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm not really, you know, like I, I thought the car was, you know, going to be developed, but we basically had the same car that we've had all year. It wasn't like, oh, these guys are all a-holes, and I hate everybody. <laughs> it was just kind of like, you know, the car didn't get moved along, and, you know, I guess it's blaming the team. Um, but it wasn't any, any kind
0: of crazy Outburst I would have called it it certainly wasn't it's, it's, it's not the way to make friends in the team, right, but it's not yeah it 's not like he was really going after everybody in the yeah it wasn't it. any
1: anything you know nasty or personal or whatever, but you know so it's I think some people are reading a lot into that as oh he's going he's outburst of the team he's not happy blah 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 and i I mean that may have had something to do with it that 's not going to help your case. Um, I, I
0: think it I think it certainly didn't help.
1: But as you said, I mean the the driver, I mean the the deal with Kimi um is is a much is a much bigger deal. I I don't think that would have hinged on oh Vitaly's comments in the Russian media. No, And no, then no. Romain Grosjean is part of this uh you know this uh dare I say renaissance of French drivers. Oh nice. I like what I did there. Um uh where You know, they're looking at uh, a French Grand Prix coming again, maybe alternating with uh, one of the, you know, as as one of the Europe races are alternating with Spa.
0: Or Um, or get rid of Valencia entirely and burn it to the ground. Which they're not talking
1: about, but they should be. Um, I don't know. The burning (laughs) seems a bit much. Just the track part. Okay.
0: Um, Like, i I don't know how you do that. I'm just saying.
1: So yeah, anyway, there's this, this return to uh, you know more sort of French influence in the sport. I mean, which is where Grand Prix racing began. I mean, you know, l- lest we forget. Uh, so you know, there's 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 the money involved. There's obviously Romain Grigion, as you're talking about, has you know great success in GP2 and GP2 Asia, and he holds both titles at the same time, and well, he's you well. know, really you know really done, done well and had that uh, sort of showed some promise in uh, GP2 or in uh, in Renault a couple of years ago. But then there was the uh, You told Nelson Piquet Jr. and scandals and Alonzo and nonsense to uh, to deal with.
0: So the thing there, though, that to me, two things, right? First, that I found interesting was Petrov had a two-year contract with Renault. Yeah, these contracts don't seem to mean much anymore. Anything. They just don't mean anything. You know, it's just, it's like, oh, but I have a contract. You're like, yeah, 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 whatever. We'll buy you out or whatever. It just doesn't even seem to even slow them down anymore. It just... It it does not matter. You can be regardless of what your contract says. You can be ousted at any time if they really want you to. If they really want to, you yeah. Know, well, Kimi Räikkönen had a contract, for example, for through twenty ten.
1: Yeah, and I was reading about this. There's a there's like a con- with Ferrari.
0: Sorry, I'm saying half half things here.
1: Yeah, uh, there's there's like this contract like arbitration board or some kind of contract like overseer uh, body that that you know is sort of helps in negotiating these things. Uh, for f1 i don't know if it's all fia or exactly what the how the the governing works and there's sort of this this deal of like if if the team wants to wants to drop you and you know you are kind of okay with that in some way then it's just a matter of negotiating the amounts like there's sort of this weird like the contract doesn't really mean a contract um in in the sense of it doesn't mean a guaranteed drive which in a way kind of makes sense i mean because if you end up with a situation where um you know, if, if you're driving for a team and they like don't want you anymore, and they're they don't they're not afraid to say like, hey, we want to have this guy, then, you know, are you really going to be successful there? And is the team going to work and the dynamic, the team behind you and the driver? I mean, you can't right. you can't be against your team or against your driver and have any kind of success. And if you're not having any success, nobody's going to be happy. Right. Right. So, so it's agree. sort of this weird cycle of, uh, you know, c- potential downward spiral and all that. So. um yeah, it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't like. Oh, we have to have Vitaly Petrov, so you know this freaking guy over here. I guess he's going to be in our <laughs> car. I mean, it isn't going to be a successful. And would you know, the sponsors
0: aren't going to be down with that anyway. Would have been kind of cool though to have someone from Helsinki and then someone else from Saint Petersburg. Or I don't know where Kimi and um, uh, Petrov are actually from, but you know Finland and Russia are actually quite close. And it's kind of funny to me. They'd be like, yeah, they kind of have like the you know the Lotus team, the Northern European, yeah, you know Malaysian Malaysian owned. English-based Lotus team that's actually a French team. But
1: it's Lada, but it's <laughs> right. Lotus, but, but it's and the, with
0: effectively Russian drivers, right? Um, the Italian other, tires. It, <laughs> throw it in there. The other thing that I found really interesting was just how immediately Taka Kubica went away, which to me, I'm, kind of, I'm reading in between the lines to mean that the rumors about Kubica being Ferrari-bound are, are pretty serious.
1: Yeah, although I think as we talked about last time, it's still is Kubitz F one bound. Still, it's still a question. You know, it's not like he's a driver that's on the market. It's just a matter of getting the contract. It's like we got to make sure this dude is fit. Not we, but somebody has to make sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got to get on that. That's on my list. I'm supposed actually. to call him back.
1: That's that's <laughs> right. Um, we're gonna play, uh, you know, do a thumb war and see how he, how he, Ooh, how I he like came it. out. Uh, but you know just to see it, we don't it's still an unknown of is he going to be competitive at any team let alone you know where is he going to fit in and how are the contract's going to work and all that but i think this was the right move for for lotus to move forward and not keep well we've got the seat open so we have to have two backup drivers and we don't have any main driver it's like no they've got kimi raikkonen in there and that'll be good and uh, and so i'm excited to see him back in the sport people I'll be are
0: interested to see if he's up to speed pretty quickly or not you know cuz yeah. he's had 2 years out and you know that is one less year than Michael's three, but, I mean, how much catching up is there going to be for him to do? You know, he was asked about, well, what about Kurz and Durs and all this kind of stuff? I guess they had curves in 2009. I remember
1: him hopping out of the car when it was, like, electrified
0: with yeah, one of the yeah, first yeah. Kurz races. <laughs> but he said, he said, you know, there's the rear wing now, but we had a front wing adjuster before, so to me that's pretty much the same. Kurz we already had. He said, really, the difference is going to be the tires. I don't know. I haven't driven the tires yet. So, um, uh, you know... He thinks it's going to be fine, that he's going to adapt pretty quickly. Yeah. Although it was Kimi, so he said like four words, and that's what you it interpreted okay, that to be. It okay, yeah. but
1: I think it is different, but it is the same.
0: Pretty good, actually. That's about right.
1: Um, so moving down, in the next uh, team down is Sahara Force India F1, Yes, where we had the sort of musical chairs going on between Adrian Sutil and Paul DeResta of The Current Drivers, yes. and then Nico Hulkenberg. Um, and then possibly, um, you know, some other people being talked about there. But they've made the decision that has finally been announced, and that was actually more recently. Um, Paul Resta is still in the car, and Nico Hulkenberg will be alongside him. So uh, Adrian Sutil is out and does not have a drive. Uh, he is, of course, probably you know banging on some doors and making some phone calls now to try to see what he can do as a, either a test driver role or something. But um, Adrian Sutil, who has actually driven for Force India as long as there has been a Force India, because he was and, there and, even and as, before as
0: Spiker. Yes, Spiker. Sh- Good. That I'm not going to repeat. You you, you it. did it very well.
1: There it was, um, so that's cool. I mean, that's you know a, a young lineup for that team. Uh, there is some confusion, or not confusion. I guess some concern over um, VJ Malia's, you know, empire. Uh, being under undercut by you know problems with the airline that you know kingfisher airlines and they have to pay you know cash for fuel now because no one wants to loan the money anymore and you know so it's for them to pour a bunch of money to f1 uh may or may not work uh, you know in the future so we have to see if if it becomes more sahara and less force india um or maybe you know if Vijay malia is still in charge in that in the next uh you know over the next coming months yeah uh, you know team-wise and driver-wise uh, yeah, it should be a pretty good package uh, with, you know, Paul resta and Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, Paul not being quite so new this time and, uh, you know, is coming to maybe sort of lead the team. And, you know, we know Hulkenberg's got some pace uh, and, and has had some good results. So, uh, yeah, so hopefully I, that goes well for them.
0: I, it's, it's a shame because they really had, in my opinion, three worthy drivers there, and they had to pick two. It was musical chairs. And I kind of felt bad for Sutil because, truthfully, he, in my opinion, especially in the second half of the season, and we're going to try to flush this out a little bit more in a future podcast, um, drove a lot better than Duresta did. But I guess Duresta being a rookie, he still showed well as a rookie driver and that the assumption is he'll be stronger in his sophomore season. And Sutil, you know, is still, if if he stays out of the seat much longer, he has, he's earned some respect, but, you know, that cachet doesn't last too long. And I think kind of got to take advantage of that. And, you know, I kind of felt bad for Sutil, but I don't remember, I think it was Tim Meekin's. It might have been uh, Neil Popham. One of our fans made the point, it's like, you know, Sutil's been in the sport for a few years and he's had opportunities to shine. He just, he's been solid, but he's never been really, he's had opportunities and he just hasn't quite capitalized. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, he's been in the sport. This was his fifth season, so. Yeah.
1: And uh, as you say, I think I agree with all that. It's sort of, you know, he's, he's, Especially lately, actually been quite consistent and quite good, although it may be almost the, the Nick Heidfeld complex of sort of when you're driving for your job, maybe you up your game a little bit more and maybe True. if you settle in, it's not quite so good. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see if maybe he finds a spot at Williams or somewhere else. There's still some, some open spots down the grid that we'll talk about in a minute. Yes. But, uh, yeah, as as of now, it seems like, you know, maybe a test driver role or maybe nothing. I mean, And, and he's, you know, German. There certainly could be a future in DTM or some other series. There's plenty of other opportunities out there. But in F1, it's eh, maybe... That may be the end uh, that, that we see of, of Agent 2 2.
0: Or he could come play in the NBA. That's one tall dude. That is a tall I, man.
1: That is, that is not, not a joke. Uh, Sauber F1 is staying where they were. Uh, Kamui Kobayashi and Sergio Perez. Jaco Perez! Thief. Uh, although STR, <laughs> there was a bit of a shakeup at STR when uh, both Sebastian Buemi and Jaime Al Gashwari got phone calls. Um, and, and actually, I think it was, was it Bwemi who was actually driving in the simulator at the time? No kidding. At the, at, at the Red Bull simulator, like driving laps, you know, be training, doing his thing. And you're like, oh, you've got a phone call, dude. And it was Helmut Marco and, uh, and whoever else from, I think it was, uh, even the top Red Bull guy from, uh, Dietrich Mateschitz or somebody was like, oh dude, yeah, you don't drive for us
0: anymore. Wow. Yeah, um, I I know re- France
1: tossed, you know, S T R. Ah,
0: yeah, sure. I I I read about um, Algar's reaction to it, and it was actually a fairly mature reaction. At least that is P R sent out. I don't know if it was really him. His but initial reaction was ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I it's it's tough, because, you know, because again, I wrote I I wrote on our Facebook page. It's like, what would these guys had to have done to keep the seats? Because I think they both had some pretty darn strong performances. Both of them got in the Q3 on a fairly regular basis. They scored a decent number of points. They ended up seventh in the championship, beating Sauber. I mean, you know, they I think didn't they?
1: Maybe. No, this is behind Sauber here, so I think Sauber maybe came across in Brazil. We'll have to look at that spread we'll when it's done. We'll have to
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I thought they did pretty darn well considering considering the vehicle, considering the cars. But I guess it doesn't
1: fit with what the S T R wants S T R to be is is basically what it came down to. It was uh you know, that's what what Franz Toss basically said. they you know it was sort of a big surprise both to the drivers uh and then uh, you know to the to the rest of the community. We didn't really know about this. And uh and it came down that uh, yeah Sober So I guess it was Saber that STR. ended up
0: beating S T R okay. I had that back so race. Yeah, right. uh,
1: but they said no. the whole, The idea of STR is that it's sort of a junior Red Bull team. It's a place to develop drivers. They've had this whole Red Bull driver, you know, process and and sort of finding young drivers and developing them and so on. And uh, these guys have been in the sport for a couple of years. They're not rookies anymore.
0: Uh, see you, bye. Yeah, you know, but it, it's interesting to me because, for example, they've guys they've been in the sport for three years. I think both of them. I think two and a half for. Al and you know, three full seasons for Buemi. Hmm. Boemi's gonna be twenty three. going to be 23, going to be 23. Yeah. Al 21. You know, he he had his debut when he was 19, never driven an F1 car before at all when he had his debut. It, these <laughs> they were young. They're, they're old. They're, they're too were old. Really young, and I, I'm pretty sure both Ricardo and Vern or Vern Gay were still trying to sort that well, out. I'm sure.
1: I'm pretty sure it's not Vern Gay. I, I think we can pretty much rule out that Vern Gay
0: is how you pronounce that. But oh, is it Vern Guy? Is it more of a guy? It, well, the G is before the N. Is it Craig? Vern Craig?
1: That's that's definitely not it. But okay. No. Anyway, so, but to finish so the, the point, point is, Dan- the point
0: is, is that I, I felt bad for them because they were still very, very young. Jaime Aguaswari especially was plucked out. I mean, it was British Formula 3 to Formula 1 for him. You know, I, he. so I felt considering those circumstances, he's done very well. And the real issue is not their performance in, is an STR. So where are they going to move them to? You know, Weber keeps performing good enough that they can't say no to Weber. And there's one seat in the, in the senior team. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I mean, that's what it is. And the other side of it, it's like, if if str is really just set up to be a rookie team well then it's going to be that's going to be a crummy rookie team because you know a big part of developing a team is having drivers help develop the car
1: yeah and if you have a successful f1 team that's able to get into q3 pretty reliably i mean you know let's not forget this this was Minardi, you know
0: years ago yeah very true this
1: this was a back marker and then you know there's obviously you know that the Balances and money and everything has changed. But, that uh, yeah, they've developed this team. And uh, and it's sort of like if you have a good set of drivers and engineers and teams and the design, the whole thing is actually working pretty well. To just shake that up is a pretty bold move. Uh, And I guess, uh, you know, if it were a team like Williams, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit before, where, you know, they exist. You know, they, they're doing some, you know, uh, development for R&D stuff and whatever, but it pretty much exists as a Formula One team. Mm-hmm. Um, if they had a system that worked and two successful drivers, that's great. That's what you want. Yep. Um, and chances of, you know, they didn't obviously win a race, but, uh, you know, they it, it could happen. Um, and to change that all up and, and go for less experienced drivers is a is a pretty big shakeup. But for a company like Red Bull, which is billions of dollars and all over the world, and, you know, just changing around, oh, a couple of these drivers over here to a couple of these guys over there, makes sense for our marketing guys and, you know, the money is whatever. Then it's, it's just a much different uh, decision to make. Uh, so, just to, to complete that picture with some numbers, Sebastian Buemi is 23 right now, and Al is 21. Uh, so, they're being replaced with Daniel Ricardo, who we talked about before from Australia, who's 22. And oh, Ricardo is younger than
0: I thought. I thought he was like, 26. Jean Eric
1: Fern uh, is 21. Okay. So, yeah, it's about the same, basically. I mean, Al is a, is a is a young dude, and uh, Ricardo's kind of, a, kind of weird looking in that picture. Not, not a brilliant photo of the guy, but uh, yeah, we, we've uh, so they've moved up to to STR, and uh, so that's another rookie and another Frenchman. That's one of the
0: other yeah Frenchman, uh number number two or du as it may be Um uh,
1: AT&T Williams is the uh, is is one of the few open seats. It's the highest open seat of any team really right now. Uh, we know Pastor Maldonado is going to be there next year. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be Rubens in the second seat or if Adrian Sutil will make his way down there or if Vitaly Petrov will come with money and, you know, make some, some deal happen or uh, or what,
0: you know? Well, I mean, well, let me ask you the question. Do you want it to be Baricello?
1: Um, I, I, It would be a shame if, you know, we don't see him anymore because, it, the, you know, as, as we talked about in Brazil, we never quite had the chance to send him off, you know, have his going away party and have a sweet cake with like 200 and whatever Grand Prix and how cool <laughs> is that? Uh, you know so it would be sort of like uh, sort of to to go out with a whimper, especially with retiring and it 's this home race and the whole deal um but aside from that, in terms of the sport i don 't know that he you know is the guy for that team um where that team is now I mean you know we 're of course we 're mentioning them down um you know they are
0: the ninth in the championship,
1: yeah, I mean just above the sort of the three back marker new guys and it 's this is Williams you know they um, you know, one of the most successful uh, F1 teams of all time, but just the way things have happened uh, are, are down there. So do they need, you know, the money? Is it the young hungry drivers? Is it experience? You know, it's like, what is it that they need to get moved forward? And obviously, uh, Pastor Maldonado uh, brings money, uh, quite a bit of money from, from the Venezuelan government and all that. Um, you know, I'm sure they would have loved to get involved with Sergio Perez or somebody with, you know, with the backing of the world's richest man in this huge media empire in South America, but uh, you know the, the, they've they've got the uh, the money involvement from from Pastor, and uh, you know I, I guess I'm not sure what uh, what it would take to really make them a, a successful team, or you know who's who's well, the guy for them. Well,
0: their 2010 car started off a little bit on the rough side, but definitely towards the latter half of the 2010 season was pretty darn strong, hmm. and I think a decent number of folks were giving Rubens a, some of the credit for that. You know he does. He's worked with Ferrari and he's worked with uh, Ross Braun at Braun GP as well on some very quick cars. And I think he's got so much experience that he has to have learned something, right? So uh, I think he does have, I would say, a superior understanding to what a car should be. To anybody they that they could replace him with, you know what I mean? Like yeah,
1: I mean he's been in more championship winning cars without winning a championship than anyone. I would have to say with all the all the Ferraris and a Bron car and, yeah. and so on, uh, and some terrible cars, the Hondas and whatnot. Yeah, uh, that that really weren't uh, didn't get anywhere. Uh, but I guess you, you, the the question though is that would they would Williams be better served if they had another guy bringing in millions of dollars? To help use that develop to develop things, car. rather yeah. than just Ruben saying, oh, this car is crap, and here's how it should feel like, and they're like, well, that's great, but we can't afford to do anything with it, right. or how the sponsors work out and kind of, you know. Well, we'll the, other,
0: the other thing, I think the guy's name's Coughlin. Mike, Mike Coughlin. I'm Mike Coughlin for Williams, hmm. um, replacing Sam Michael. I hope I have that right. Um, he was he was saying that they're making some pretty fundamental structural changes. So I, I'm going to be interested to see how the team develops um, See, is, is there a reasonable amount of blame that should go towards Sam Michael for the engineering side of the car? Was Sam Michael really overburdened, or was he just not up to it? Those, I'm interested in those kind of questions. But the other thing, I guess there's no way to really say with any amount of objectivity, Patrick Head is stepping down from the Formula One role. He's taking on more of the non-Formula One sides of the sport mm-hmm. uh, of, for Williams and things like that. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fairly different team. And uh, I certainly wish them success. I've always liked Williams, and I want them to do well. Um, And personally, I also want Rubens back in the car. But I have to say, for as much as anything, it's sentimental reasons, not objective. It's the best for the team, per se. Yeah. But I think it's unfortunate that it's not Williams or this driver's better. It's Williams or this driver brings money. So I guess it's not just sentimental. It is, I think, well, I think Rubens could still... Uh, you know, add to the team. The problem that bothers me with Rubens is if he has a decent season, he's gonna want to come back in twenty thirteen as well. It's like he gotta he gotta stop one day. Yeah. And and you'd like to go out on a high point, but that would have been, you
1: know, Braun G P and Right, his, and it, that's yeah.
0: that's exactly my point. It's like you you'd hate to see him go out on a whimper, but the problem is is that I almost feel like Rubens is the kind of guy that's gonna go out on a whimper no matter what. Yeah. Because if if he has a good season, he's gonna want to come back.
1: Just doesn't know when to quit. Uh, Williams has announced that their test driver will be Valtteri Bottas, which I'm probably not saying right, but he's a, a Finnish driver um, who is has been in uh, you know, the GP3 and British Formula 3 and so on and uh, has, has been doing well. So he's gonna, he's their test driver. So it's you know interesting They've they've announced, we know Pastor is going to be in the car. We know this guy is going to be our test driver. We just don't know who else is actually going to be in the race seat. And uh, like we said, there's you know everyone else who's just now been booted out of their team, whether expectedly or unexpectedly, uh, may be calling Williams as sort of the best spot open on the grid, and you know seeing what money they can come up with and so on. So it's you know sort of a, a, you know big question as to who we might see in that seat uh, come next year. Uh, next spot down the grid is Caterham F1, who's uh, announced their new logo and apparently they've changed over all the signs at the factory and all that, so they're no longer anything to do with Lotus and they are now fully Caterham. Sweet. Um same drivers though, Heikki Kovalainen and Jarno Trulli,
0: which I was a little bit surprised. I thought Trulli was going to be out of the car. Yeah. But you know, Trulli's, you know, still got stuff, I suppose. I think Heikki, Heffy Heikki has kind of proven himself to be the team leader and has shown well in that car. Um and so. he, and
1: Hecchi Kovalainen's been making some announcements oh I'm, I'm i'm planning my you know my move back to a top team so any any you know one of the, you know soon any day now kind of you know i'll be back in a top team and it's kind of like really <laughs> mm-hmm. are you and where's which team is that going to be right because
0: you, know? you know again through mercedes has been confirmed this whole entire time mm-hmm. and again uh if ferrari changes anything Massa getting out again as likely as anything it's going to be with kubica um you know Maybe it's possible that Kovalainen could land a Ferrari seat, but that seems unlikely to me. McLaren's fixed unless something major happens. Um, Ferrari, we just talked about. Red Bull's fixed unless something major happens. I, I mean,
1: Red Bull's got more drivers than they have to do with. Exactly. We talked about. So, so.
0: I mean, if, if Red Bull were to replace Mark Webber with Hecky Kovalainen, I would be surprised. Exactly. I mean, if, that, if they did that, I'd be like, seriously, really, what is the point <laughs> of, of STR? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh,
1: so, Caterham, yeah. And then uh, HRT... Um, is with you know obviously the Spanish team um, they have they've confirmed Pedro De La Rosa, who is old but uh, probably good sort of for developing the car you'd like to think that uh, he's going to be uh, knowledgeable about these things um, but they have not confirmed a second driver and it's possible that it end up you know if, if Jaime Alguersuari um, it seems like it would be a step back it would definitely would be a step back in terms of the pace of the car um, but if they had a Spanish team with two superstar Spanish drivers. Um, or I guess star Spanish drivers, I guess Alonso being the <laughs> superstar Spanish driver, um, you know, that that could be cool. Because as we've talked about, you know, we've got uh, Mercedes, you know, as a German team with the German champions um, and uh, Red Bull, or sorry, McLaren um, as the English team with the English champions. So it could be cool uh, if, if Spain tries to do the same thing, although at a much lower level because it's HRT, Pedro de la Rosa and Jaime Alguerra, none of which are world champions. And the team is, you know, obviously much lower down the
0: field. And Pedro, I mean, he's not going to be, you know, he he's, he's, I think it's great for him to get another chance to race a car a little bit, but I mean yeah. You
1: know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's I doubt we'll see him doing amazing things, but um maybe you know, having someone who just sort of like you know knows what the car uh, what the car should feel like and help to sort of work out kinks in a new design and things like that maybe is a good thing. And if they have someone but, else I mean and
0: that's exactly what we were just talking about with Rubens, you know. Yeah. And Rubens is probably better than well, anyway, whatever. Well
1: maybe Rubens will drive for HRT.
0: <laughs> Weirder things have happened. And finally, Marussia
1: team, Marussia F1, um, Timo Black and Charles Peak, We've already talked about that.
0: Yeah. Ambrosia out. I mean, not the end of the world. He, he, he did okay, but he wasn't outstanding or anything like that. Um, the other thing, too, there's been some rule changes that uh, are coming in for 2012. Um, amongst those is the fact that they have listened to us and all lapped cars are going to be allowed past the safety car and uh, make their way at the back of the grid. Yeah, so that is going to be nice.
1: Uh, yeah, we've we've talked about that on the show before, but I think that'll be a lot less confusion for restarts, and especially when it comes to DIRs and passing lap traffic and kind of how that all happens. But yeah, so the restart of the car will be the safety car, and then you know one through whatever position of cars, um, and and it gives the drivers you know it's a good opportunity to get unlapped um, for for the back marker teams, which can be good and uh, doesn't really hurt the forward guys. But I think yeah, just for the lack of sort of confusion on restarts, that will be that'll be a good move, and that's something we've been talking about. Uh, quite a bit. Um, so, also, I, yeah. I want <laughs> lost my train of thought. Go that's ahead. all right.
0: I wanted to talk about the um, predictions game we played uh, throughout 2011. Yes. Speaking um, of which, n- yes. And that
1: that, my friends, <laughs> is the sound of victory <laughs> for me. Um, just between Robin and and me, um, you know that that was uh, the season result. Uh, was that he owed me six Cokes, and he has paid in full with six Cokes. And not only Cokes, but glass bottle Cokes.
0: The best of all Cokes which is really champagne of Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so it's, it's, that's brilliant because, uh, so uh, you know, in, in case you think this Cokes is an arbitrary thing, it's no, really no. not. Oh, no, no. And it really would have been something if one of us ended up like 58 Cokes away from the other one. That <laughs> would have been a, a much bigger deal. But uh, Brought in
0: like a small pickup truck worth of Coke. Um, And in terms of predictions and and who did well and who didn't, that's all I can think of that we have to say about that.
1: Uh, That's what I was going to say as well, except there's this candlelight vigil happening out in front of my house. (laughs) Um, I was wondering who was singing Kumbaya with the posters and the banners. I thought it was an Occupy Detroit movement for a minute, but it's not. Justice it's, for James. It's actually a Justice for James movement. So <laughs> what is what is that about? Because I don't know. Apparently
0: they're trying to raise awareness. I got a phone call from Bono. Uh, and I was like, what's this all about? And he said something about you know James being awesome and that we haven't given him enough credit or something.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Cameron Diaz was on some talk show the other day. and She was like, James Payne is an under-recognized individual. Can,
0: J- Cameron Diaz drives a Prius. Yeah. Just so you know.
1: All right. So uh, the point is, James Payne is amazing.
0: He is. He really is amazing. All hail, James Payne.
1: Ha! Uh, <laughs>
0: so, and that covers our predictions. <laughs> I think. No, I mean, so, uh, joking aside, it was. I was a lot of fun to uh, play with everybody and do that kind of stuff. And James was at the front the entire season. He made smart picks, and uh, yeah, get some credit. I mean, good for him. Um, you know, There was talk of him having a victory speech read on the show. We never got a victory speech.
1: No, the candlelight vigil didn't supply, didn't supply a speech to us. I think there was just <laughs> so, an awareness-raising campaign. So
0: anyway, uh, if, if, if there is a victory speech that wants to be said on the show, I think that could probably be arranged. Um, but we need the speech. We will not come up with it. Or maybe better yet, we will come up with it. <laughs> or we can come up with it. Can we do an accent? Where's James Payne from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We, oh. can, we can come up with that too. Are you sure? Transylvania. Ah, yes. All right. Well, we'll I we'll, want to suck your predictions. <laughs> <laughs> that that was, was brilliant. There's your accepted speech. There, there it yeah. was.
1: All right. I think it's time for listener feedback. All right. And so to start listener feedback, we have the best possible kind of listener feedback. We get we get emails. We get Skype messages sometimes, True. we get Facebook posts and yeah. comments on the blogs. Yep. Every once in a while we get physical things as listener feedback. We and do. Here today, you didn't even know about this. No, I did. I not. didn't even know about this until this showed up just actually hours ago in the really? mail. What is okay. is a package sent royal mail from some faraway land called England. Does that mean it's from the Queen? I think it probably does. Uh, and and listed as a sender of CKW, well, none well. other than <laughs> the kilt himself. So I don't know what this is. You don't know what this is. No, this is. We it are, is
0: still taped up. We are live
1: on on the podcast. I would well, say tape, live. but there's We're, not tape. But well, uh, we are this recording is, lo- uh. as we open this. We are we are discovering this in in front of everyone. Uh, um, it's going to be like a pronunciation book of the English language. Just some stuff to decorate the F1 show HQ from Craig the Kilt. Oh look at this! Oh my goodness! This is, there's a whole assortment of goodies in here. Oh my! Look at look oh, at that! We've gone big. So I think <laughs> I see. I was thinking because he was wow. This
0: oh my god! This, is, it, are these it's Christmas like cards. a Christmas card? <laughs> this is lovely. Oh wow! So what? What? Look what literally! <laughs> Merry Christmas!
1: Christmas card. That, that's great. Not only have we gotten oh my fans. god! You're
0: unfolding something. Yes. What have we here? Oh, oh my yeah. goodness!
1: Red Bull poster, Sebastian Vettel, of course, in the car.
0: This looks like proper this Red Bull homecoming kit.
1: Yes, this this actually should be part of my house, I think. This can go next to my 1933 Monaco Grand Prix poster, because this is some 2011 stuff you have here. You
0: 1933 Monaco
1: Grand Prix poster? Yeah, dude, I guess you haven't seen that. I'll show you it after the show. Um, <laughs> it's pretty All right. sweet. All kinds of surprises for Robin. Which That's in- awesome. Which, incidentally, is the first... F1 race where they used qualifying times to set the grid. That was it happened to be that particular race in 1933 Monaco. Oh, well. Wow. Um so, oh brilliant. So we've got a Red Bull poster. We got We've got these these cards the 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 Which l- would
0: not have been from the homecoming, I suppose. the
1: Lewis and and Jensen and uh McLaren you know MP425 whatever c um uh, cards. Oh man, look at that. That's a that's wow a, that's a good-looking man right there. Oh, Jensen, look at right? that. And then we've got the unofficial Christian Horner fan club calendar with this. <laughs> oh no! It's a calendar. Dreamy, dreamy shot of this buffonted individual on the cover. Oh wow! <laughs> and then every month. <laughs> oh no! What does that sign say? Undercut button? No, <laughs> undo another button. He's got it. oh, he's got the shirt unbuttoned a little bit there. <laughs> oh man, this
0: this is brilliant. So page by page. <laughs> wow they really love christian horner the poses you and he's know what I wet mean? in this one this is after they jumped in the pool after <laughs> this is like monaco are there nipples that is a wet man oh man this too is bad that shirt isn't white <laughs> <laughs> you know wow oh
1: wow. they've got little oh yeah, my got, god they've got little no i wasn't making that up that's, that's written on there
0: oh this is brilliant what does the sign say? Undercut button, no undo. Another button. You didn't say that. That was written. <laughs> oh, and that's we got these, amazing! These
1: beautiful-looking oh McLaren my, drivers. Oh my goodness! With their sweaters on. Yeah, buddy. Hugo Boss. Hugo wow. Boss got a QR Craig really on. just this, this. has really gone nuts. You so really I, pulled out all the stops here. I didn't know what we would have here, but I figured we should open it in front of all the all the, all the fans. Um,
0: Did you read April? I didn't yet. Last warning, Hornets. Miss another race and it's detention for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Warnerettes are going to get excited about that too, so just be careful. <laughs> That's amazing. That. What's it like being the most admired team principal? <laughs> <laughs> so it's,
1: there's, there's a Hornets Christmas card. Merry Christmas from the Hornets with two sexy looking pictures of Christian
0: Horner. Have a Hornet-tastic Christmas. This this is Merry incredible. Christmas to our favorite podcast duo, Jim and Robin. Have a fantastic festive season and best wishes for twenty twelve. Love from the Hornets. Wow. This is amazing. This is like, okay.
1: This is the most thoughtful thing. Oh man. And uh so we've got to Jim and Robin. Hope the holidays bring you good cheer. Merry Christmas. Wow. Sign Craig the Kilt Wilson, Louise and Jensen and Lewis, the dogs. Ah. Little lovely. Paw Prince. Lovely. It's like wow, they got Jensen and Lewis to sign it, which is incredible. Whether that's the F1 drivers or the dogs, because getting the dogs to you know sit down and focus and sign a card is is no mean, mean feat either. So
0: October of 2012, champagne soaked hair and victory tea. We like this look. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, the Hornets really are yes. a, as more dedicated to Christian Horner than most people are dedicated to anything in their life, and they've personally written in his birthday.
0: <laughs> The oh-so-dreamy one's <laughs> birthday. This calendar is the most amazing thing. Why am I so in love with this calendar? We got cool pictures and posters, and I'm yes, still on the calendar. We definitely have
1: some stuff to decorate the, the headquarters, so that'll be brilliant. And uh, in the future, when we do you know either live shows or any kind of fun video things, that'll certainly be a part of that as well, wow. and uh, anything visual that we bring to you guys. So thank you very much, CKW. That's incredible. Yeah, and thank family. You. And uh And wow, so... <laughs> Speaking of CKW, though, uh, that's not all that he's done lately, man. This guy's been busy on on behalf of the F1 show. Yes. Um. So anyone who's been on our Facebook page, I'm sure, has seen these videos. But uh, Red Bull, you know, had a home homecoming run. In Milton Keynes, you know, after winning driver's championship and team championship and all that and being done with the season, uh, they pulled out all the stops and had a big event in Milton Keynes, uh, which meant they were driving cars up and down the streets and they had, you know, stunt rider motorcycle guys out from Red Bull and some of the stuff. And not
0: just any driver. They had Vettel and Weber and Coulthard around. Yeah. So and they had Coulthard in a in a cup car. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. They had, you know, just all kinds of, which is like kind of the, the rare and exciting thing to see in Milton yeah, Keynes. People yeah. are like, what is that? That's I cool. Mean, and I, okay, well, the American in us can come out. The cup cars sound amazing. And the V8, that yeah. is a good sound.
1: Yeah, whether it's an 18,000 RPM, crazy high-ribbing precision V8 sound, or what we're talking about here, the big burbly you know, high-displacement. Carbureted,
0: 5.9-liter yeah. v Either way, though, you can't argue with a V8. No, I think you really can't. Good in, stuff.
1: In Twin Turbo V6s, those will probably be cool, too. Those will also be cool. Okay, but speaking of which, um, so at this event. Uh, Although
0: I have to say, uh, one quick. I read an article. You just made me think of this. I read an article. Um, Mercedes is developing their 2014 engine. They were saying that all six cylinders were going to be going into one turbo. Is it a single turbo V8, a V6 maybe. Oh, not twin turbo. It might just be turbo V6. I thought thought it was twin as well, but the way they were describing it is single turbo V6. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, at this event, though, CKW, our intrepid pit lane and grandstand reporter. Intrepid and fearless. Uh, yeah. Um, somehow finds his way to, you know, access to the drivers, in some cases in, in hordes of people. Um, <laughs> but in some cases it's not. Like, like Mark Weber's just getting into his car. I mean, Mark Weber like, lives in Milton Keynes. So I guess this is just, like, you know, down the block for him anyway. But um, and there's, like, nobody else around. Like, how does CKW get to, you know, access to these places and find it, you know, hang out in the right places at the right times? But he had opportunities to ask um, all you know various red bull luminaries uh, you know whether or not they, they you know listen to the F1 show podcast and uh, well, a couple of the guys were like no I don't really listen to it but, I, but I'm going to any minute now like I'm going to go check it right. out now which is pretty much
0: like what mark weber said but yeah we got a official I don't know what to – hand motions are coming. No words. Yeah, they're, but they're, I can't hear that. We got a thumbs up from Sebastian yeah, Vettel. Yeah,
1: Sebastian Vettel totally listens to the
0: show. What's totally up? listens What's up, to Seb? the show. Hey know, Seth, way.
1: Um, but, yeah, because uh, CKW goes, hey, do you listen to the F1 Show podcast? And he's like, yeah, totally. I mean, he doesn't say that, but he, he thumbs up. You know, like, yeah, I definitely listen to those guys. And he
0: totally said that with his eyes. And, and
1: Jim and Robin are amazing. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. So yes. um, so that was cool. Good to, good to know, you know, Seb's a fan. And uh, we know Ecclestone's listening. Obviously, those rule changes for the lap cars came through and – and whatnot. So uh, yeah, that was very cool, and uh, it's it's always fun to get that kind of access because we don't get stuff like that over here. You know, I, unfortunately, when I was at the track in Austin, it was like a week before uh, you know Coulthard and all the craziness and Tom Cruise and a helicopter and all that all that nonsense was going on. Um, so and and they don't really tell people when those kind of things are happening because that wasn't open to the public. So uh, you know it's. Pretty rare for us to be able to get out to uh, events like that, and um, you know, get any kind of access there. So it was very cool to, uh, you know, for for Craig to be uh, spreading the word and uh, and sending the videos back to us and all that. And even CKW himself uh, was was mobbed by by adoring women fans yes, at one point, yes, uh, for absolutely. being part of the F1 show. So we're glad that we can, you know, some of the uh, amazing celebrity uh, that is being part of the F1 show has rubbed off. Now on he's got our the most interesting
0: deal set up, right? Because he's obviously a big F1 fan, right? Yeah but he's 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 kind of become like the guy of the hornets right yeah and that he's made that work for him it's pretty brilliant that's a smart man it's a smart man i'm it's, telling you he's smart got man. that or like he's the highlander or something <laughs> <laughs> there's something going on could be that
1: that's true um so other i mean As always, there's a great conversation going on on Facebook, uh, especially in the off-season when there's not actual racing coverage to talk about.
0: Yeah, did you know that there actually has been one or two comments that didn't either involve Craig Wilson at Red Bull or James Payne, you know, free James Payne from, you know, the persecution? that we've. Justice (laughs) for James, yeah. (laughs) So uh, we had comments on F1Show.com, and we had a lot of other very active Facebook, a very active Facebook page in general. Uh, uh, Alonzo doing car tricks and being evil. Um, and among many other things, so it, it's it's very it's a cool place to be to kind of still get some F1 flavor in the off season. So
1: yeah, and just to roll through th- uh, the comments as well, real quickly, uh, Jason Brown uh, mentioned uh, he wrote on on the comments to the Brazil show. Um, he was surprised at, our, at you know sort of how uh, I guess laid back we were about the news about Austin being canceled completely. And like we said, uh, you know it turns out you know we sort of figure it's uh, you know it's probably likely going to happen, and you know not to take the, the things too seriously. And it uh, looks like you know in the end, yeah, it worked out well. Um so far anyway, and of course you know u s g p was still
0: plenty of time screwed up u
1: s f one was you know no reason we 're not going to be on the grid and it's crazy to announce that, and of course they never existed at all so um <laughs> there's still p- potential for nonsense, but uh you know it, it should be good, and we're we're still you know hoping for it um and then of course, you replied to him right on the show there as well um and uh yeah and 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 mark uh, Mark williams replied back to uh, uh you know we, we talked about him last time and um, just you know talking about the kind of the pairing you know what are the classic driver pairings and what is the right balance and all that yeah. um and uh and then also uh, Brian Hoover um said you know um the uh, thanks for another great year fellas. it's been great listening to you after every race and the and the uh, and the live weekend for the Earth uh Bastard. Bathurst, Bathurst, uh,
0: you know—that's the one. One
1: thousand kilometers of uh, the Bathurst, su-
0: supercar race. Hopefully, to be the Bathurst nine hundred and fifty next year. Yeah, Bathurst <laughs> like nine twenty-five would have been perfect. <laughs> be totally but perfect. Uh,
1: even nine eighty, I think, would have been enough. But anyway, um, and uh, Tip—it's pronounced Andre De Chesaris, and I don't remember when we were pronouncing his name. Or I think
0: he—he was—he was the worst F one driver ever uh, by this metric of Grand Prix versus victories.
1: Yes. Um, and, and then he does a trivia question which we are saving for a future trivia episode um but uh yeah that i think sorts out predictions as ever please visit f1show.com where there are links to our twitter stream our facebook page and you, of course you can write comments directly on there um on each of the episodes and you can always email us to feedback at f1show.com as well
0: now we have been i've been i've been busy uh working on uh, some we're trying to put together a more objective way of measuring drivers for um, our reviews and our critiques, uh, mid-season reviews, final reviews, and things like that, I've been kind of working on something, and uh, it's not done yet. And Jim has some input onto it that we want to do really make improve. The point is, sometime in the nearish future, we're going to try to give a more kind of a complete and thorough 2011 driver teammate comparison that we're kind of excited about doing, but we're just we're not quite there yet. There's, life has been happening too much to really have done that this time around. Right.
1: But and in most cases, uh, usually we'll have a preseason update and a new year. I'm pretty sure nothing is will be able to happen between now and New Year's with all the holidays yeah, and well birthdays. Yeah, well, we've, we've got a race card work on, to two of us, and yep. we've got some we've got you know, all holidays kinds of projects. to deal with. It. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, probably look for that early next year. But as as ever, uh, you know, we we keep active on the Facebook page as much as possible and uh, you know, on Twitter stream and so on. So you can always keep up with us there in the meantime. And, of course, uh, starting not in the not-too-distant future, in January, we'll see some car launches and things like that. And they start testing
0: early February. Yeah. Uh, you know it 's it 's a shorter oh you know, we 're already under, we're already under three months away yeah so and one place you can also go to right away is warnermorsports to check out stylish automotive and racing enthusiasts apparel and accessories, including the race proven durable sexy hot to trot and world famous f one show t shirt jim 's got one don 't you want to be like jim f one show stickers too all at warnermotorsports.com. Was that not enthusiastic? That was very enthusiastic. I put my A game into that one. Clearly. Where was that the rest of the show? You know what? You know, you know what? Maybe if you'd predicted better and had more Cokes, then... No, I can't. You brought me the Cokes. I, I did bring you the Cokes, and we would not have had Cokes if I'd predicted better. Think about that. Oh, that's Lewis right. Lewis Hamilton if, saved us, in if, a way.
1: If we, yeah, if, we, if, if we'd been the same... Um, if we both been accurate, then we'd have just been one Coke and we'd had to share it, and that's just no good. Yes. All right. So uh, it, so until the next show, everyone, we really hope everyone has great holidays and uh, happy new year and, and you know, keeps up with all the fun that's going on in the F1 world and otherwise. Uh, and, and as always, you, know, you know, keep up with us online.
0: Um, but I think that, that'll wrap it up. So until we hear from us again, I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Rob Warner. And oh, my God, we're not quite wrapped up yet because we didn't get a chance, and we're going to. We're doing it tonight. Taste of the race, my friends. We have not forgotten about it, because how can you forget about eight pounds of meat? It,
1: this is Brazil, and really the way to go on uh, Brazilian food is Brazilian steakhouse, the 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 churrascaria, DCO, whatever you call it. Um, it you know the uh, meat. I call it meat. Massive amounts of meat and food um, <laughs> in in a Brazilian style, and that yeah, that is tonight as our sort of end of season bash. How
0: much meat? Does a Brazilian steakhouse have? Well, let me tell you that the salad bar has eight different kinds of meat on it. So yes, there's so a lot of meat. We are off to there. We're bringing the wives. It's
1: going to be a great time. And as uh, a nice way to, to end out the season um, in, in a Brazilian style. So, uh, yeah, it's a good, good mention on that. And uh, so you may see some photos from that later on or may have all passed out into meat comas. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we'll shall see. see. But until next time, I'm Jim Lau. And
0: I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye.